this flyover clip. For people who don't have a context or or maybe they only have seen you in this light of reawaken event and saving America. And mm. you're the guy that talks about PCR tests and all this kind of stuff. But you were sort of on a, a whole different path doing businesses, coaching 160 other yep. business owners. You had a podcast only talking about business. It was like number one, five or six different times yeah. in, on Apple iTunes in that space. How did you go from there into medical and and for the record, I want to go back into that space starting tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yes. please. Uh, so, um, but what happened is, I I um, I'm a very independent individual, probably libertarian is how I would vote. Um, and uh, I grew up poor, and I just wanted to be not poor. So I built yeah. a successful company out of my parents' basement uh, called DJConnection.com. At the time, it was called CNG DJ Service, but I built it to be big. And before I sold it, we were doing 4,000 events a year. And I did that because I like to uh, have time freedom and financial freedom. And I kind of trend Amish. That's kind of my thing, <laughs> yes. okay? So the world came into my life and invaded my life and everyone's life. This yeah. great reset showed mm -hmm. up. And so people were asking me, what am I going to do You know, with the, to, to protect myself from COVID? Right. And uh, everyone kept asking me, and I said, nothing, nothing, nothing. Because A, I have a First Amendment right to do nothing. Right. B, I have a Second Amendment right to protect my First Amendment right to do nothing. And I plan on doing nothing. Yep. Because I'm not, I'm not filled with the spirit of fear. Right. Uh, but so I didn't do anything. And then my wife, we're driving down the road, and my wife pulls me aside and says, uh, we're driving. She's driving, so we're safe. I'm passenger seat. <laughs> and she says, what are, what are we going to do? I mean, everyone keeps asking, what are you going to do? You're, what are you going to tell the clients to do? There's 160 clients. They're all asking. The lockdowns looks like they're coming. What are you going to do? And I said, well, let me just think about it. So I went down to my man cave, which is kind of like the studio here, all built out the way I like it. I can go think, clear yeah. my mind. And uh, I went down there and did my research, and I came back out about five, six hours later. And I said, hey, uh, the models that said 2.2 million people would die from COVID, they're false. They're funded by Bill Gates, created by Neil Ferguson of the Abdul Latif Jamil Institute. Neil is always wrong about his models. That's what he does. Um, and the, the PCR tests, the polymerase chain reaction tests, those are falsely calibrated. The COVID tests to inflate the number of positive cases. We know this because the inventor of the tests, uh, Carrie Mullis, has said so. Uh, three, we know that Fa Fauci is a pathological liar because Carrie Mullis, the inventor of the PCR tests, has said so. Uh, you know, four, uh, we know that the system and method for testing for COVID was patented in 2015. And five, there's a thing called the Rockefeller Plan, which calls for quarantines, curfews, and lockdowns and forced vaccinations, and I'm not going to participate. So, how, how long did it take you to figure that out? About five hours. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is well, unbelievable. Let's just talk about that, that approach, though, because you treated this in a non-emotional way, yeah. looking for mm -hmm. facts as a business owner to find solutions for people who were looking for solutions, which was kind of the opposite of how the media approached mm -hmm. it, how journalists approached yep. it, and clearly how all elected officials approached it. Well, if you look at it, fear blocks logic, okay? So if you look at the amygdala, it's the almond-sized emotional processing center of the brain, and fear blocks logic. So if you are in a state of fear, you can't yeah. think critically. So like even today when I was driving here, I was like, I'm going to do legal calls while I'm driving. So I'm <laughs> doing legal calls. And uh, when you have an agreement in a business of some kind, there's an illegal agreement of you're going to do this, I'm going to do this. It's an agreement. Yeah. And yeah. regardless of the emotions of the other person, the agreement is the agreement. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm talking through, you know, talking on uh, generic terms here with attorneys about legal things, I'm going, I don't care what the person is saying. I don't care how they feel. I don't care how the circumstances change emotionally. The facts are the agreement is the agreement, and that's logic. And most people in America today, we've given into what I would call secular humanist uh, uh, academia. 
Mm-hmm. So we now yeah. view uh, feelings as the ultimate authority. Mm-hmm. So most people today, there's a book called Rules for Radicals, which was written in 1971 and dedicated to Lucifer. There's a book uh, that's often, often quoted by Hillary Clinton and Obama, Rules for Radicals, written, ni- written in 1971. Mm-hmm. In 1971, we began sacrificing babies to Baal, 1971, a.k.a. abortion. 1971, the World Economic Forum was founded. Uh, Klaus Schwab founded it, per the recommendation of Henry Kissinger. Uh, 1971, uh, we got off the gold standard, God's money, 1971. That's a big year. Uh, per the recommendation of Henry Kissinger, per the actions of Nixon. Uh, 1971, as you guys have talked about on your show, the, the crazy, perverse, great reset theme song, Imagine, came out by yep. John Lennon. In 1971, the Pope completed an audience hall in the shape of a snakehead. So from since 1971, it's all been this emotional-based, yeah. mm-hmm. non-binary thinking. So mm-hmm. instead of saying, we're out of money as a country, we should probably cut the spending. Yeah. Now we just print money via yep. fiat currency. Now instead of saying, it's wrong to kill a baby, now we say, mm-hmm. well, it, it's it's wrong in case of an emergency. Yeah. Rare and necessary. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, now we're, and now everything is non-binary thinking. Yeah. And we've gotten to that place where people, it's all emotions. And so people would come to me every single day. I kept the elephant in the room haircut chain open. Yeah. It's a men's grooming haircut chain. And the New York Times did took photos of my staff. And then my staff said, why do you want us to wave American flags in front of the stores? <laughs> and I'm like, because the stores are open and we need to let people know we're the only haircut place in Tulsa still open. And the New York Times would ask me and different mainstream media would do interviews with me. CNN would ask me, you know, something to the effect of why am I putting uh, profits over people? And the reality is, the models that said that 2.2 million yep. people would die are false. The PCR tests are false. COVID's 100% treatable with hydroxychloroquine. And the system and method for testing was planned, you know, was uh, system and method for testing for COVID-19 was patented in 2015. But even if all of that wasn't true, we have a First Amendment right to do nothing. It's, man, okay, and you did an interview with CNN. We actually have a, a cut from that, but they woke when, me up for that one. Yeah, when was that interview? Do you remember? Oh, I was past my bedtime. <laughs> I'd gone to bed at like 10 p.m. and they, I, w- I used to do a lot of business kind of stuff. I was on Bloomberg and Fox, and people would ask me business questions. Right. So they, the media, the way the media works is that they reach out for experts about a certain area, and they were reaching, they were wanting to reach out to a small business owner who was willing to talk about the precautions they were taking for COVID. Okay. And so I said. I'd love to talk about that topic. Yeah. So I told my staff, if they reach out, any media, tell them I would love to talk about the extra precautions I'm taking to keep myself safe from COVID. Man. And so here comes the call. The email comes in. They says, CNN would like to do an interview with you. And I, I was asleep. So my wife wakes me up and she's like, uh, can you go down to the man cave and do an interview with CNN? I'm like, oh, come on. So I took a quick shower, went down there and did that interview. Was, well, it, was it in May of 2020? It was like right, I mean, very early um, you know, a lot of these, I mean, I did, I did so many interviews. Yeah. I mean, I, I did, it's wild. I, I want to point out something as, as we're going to play this clip and people to watch it, but it's interesting that a journalist, and this was standard issue and kind of still is, would go into it saying, okay, we're going to interview people until they say what I want them to say. Right. Because this is what we want people, to, the audience to think and feel. Clay, so we want what them are to you react. doing to keep <laughs> yes. your team safe from COVID? Exactly. Clay, Clay, earpiece. What's, what's it? Sorry. Yeah. It's like they're, they're, they're forecasting a tornado. They want everybody to be terrified, and they're only going to talk to people that are scared out of their minds of tornadoes. They're false prophets. And if yeah. someone says, hey, I got a basement. I'm going to hunker down. I think we're going to survive this. Next. You know? Dave, I'll say this. And, and uh, I had a, a reporter who was a haircut client. 
Uh-huh. He calls me and says, Clay, I'd love to interview you about COVID, what you're doing, you and Dr. Zellner, your partner. So Zellner says, I'll do the interview. So Zellner did his interview from the auto auction. I did mine from the haircut chain. The reporter shows up, not wearing a mask, shaking our hand. And the camera people say, and we're going to start in 10, 9, 8, 7. Did they count down? Yep. Five, four, put the mask on. Oh. Three, two, and that was the first time we saw a mask. It's right before he interviewed us. Wow. Because they're totally bogus. Yes. They are. All right, let's play this, let's, let's play this clip. Okay. Well, the U.S. state of Oklahoma is now in a phased reopening. Some businesses were allowed to reopen Friday, including hair and nail salons and pet grooming services. On May 1st, churches, gyms, theatres and restaurants can open. Well, Clay Clark is co-founder and CEO of the Elephant in the Room Salon in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he joins us now. Clay, great to have you with us. You are a supporter of your state reopening, is that right? That is correct. Tell me why. What is the urgency? Well, uh, initially, when uh, Neil Ferguson, the, the, the director of the Abdul Latif Jamil Institute, predicted 2.2 million American deaths, that was a very scary number. And then Dr. Deborah Burks then reported that uh, 88,000 uh, predicted, predicted deaths were to occur, which is uh, still not a good number, but less or about the same as the number of uh, deaths from the, the flu in 2017-2018. And although... Um, Every life matters. Um, I don't believe fundamentally in hiding from the virus until every American business is killed from the coronavirus. So, uh, Clay, you are a business owner. Is, is that correct? Yes, me. Yeah, since the age of 16. Okay, so you, this is my 23rd year. Yeah. And, and so you have employees. How do your employees feel about going back to work? I would say about 85% of them walk with a full faith and excitement about the opportunity to uh, serve our customers. And I would say, objectively, about 15% of them are very afraid of the coronavirus and uh, do not want to return to work. Okay. So, uh, I mean, it's obviously not out of greed that these people want to go back to work, but, but, but out of necessity. People need a paycheck. People need to pay their rent. Yeah. They need to pay their mortgages. They need to pay for their food bills. But what happens if small business owners like yourself... What happens if uh, your employees, what happens if they get sick? Well, right now, if you look at the data coming out of the uh, CDC, as it relates to Italy and New York, somewhere between 94 and 99.2% of all the deaths related to the coronavirus involve elderly people with an already compromised immune system. So we have a younger employee base, you know, people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and our customers uh, fit that same demographic. So I think if we have elderly people with compromised immune systems, I would encourage them not to come in and get a haircut. Uh, and I'd encourage our employees and customers to not go to the nursing home after getting a haircut to fellowship with people who have compromised immune systems and who are elderly. But I, I really don't think that's going to, uh, uh, people getting a haircut is going to affect Bottom line, the demographic of, of people being most at risk of this uh, pandemic. Well, Clay, it is not just the elderly who are with pre-existing conditions who are getting sick. It is also younger people who, who are getting sick. So we hope that uh, your employees, that they I stay believe well. That that we perspective, hope that, but I believe statistically, uh, statistically. Can, can do this safely uh, and, I believe and follow statistically, the guidelines of uh, the U.S. health well, professionals like Dr. Anthony Fauci. But Clay Clark, we appreciate your time. Thank you for, for, your, for joining us. Okay. Okay. 
Well, Japan potentially has a health care. All right. No, I just, I, I want to comment. I have met people in the media, and yeah. I'm just saying this. If you're watching this right now and you work in the media, the dumbest people in the world usually work in the media. Yeah. Because yeah. they're really dumb. And they're just, I feel bad for her, but these people, they don't have the ability to critically think. They usually read teleprompters. And I have no problem with people who are in physically great shape. But most of the people I know in the media, they work out. They get their teeth whitened and they read teleprompters. Well, and but they're not uh, well, it was able interesting because she she didn't have any like when you were trying to say, hey, statistically, no, because she was all going on emotion. She didn't have. And they any, give you an earpiece. They stats, tell you what yeah. to say, which is wild. So yeah. If you've ever been on the set with these people, they tell them what to say. I was I did an interview with Bloomberg years ago, mm-hmm. and the person says, Clay, we're going to interview you and David Robinson about your online school. Okay. okay. And I'm going okay. And I remember talking offline with a few people who were kind of connected to David and myself. And basically, the, the, the warning I was told was, at some point, they're going to bring up Donald Sterling and the Clippers okay. and some okay. racial divisive thing. Even though you're here to talk about the online school, they're going to do it because they have to go into that racially divisive thing mm-hmm. because you're white and David is black. And so David was prepared for it, but it was really funny because they were asking, they said, so David, what do you think, you know, Thrive, what do you think about uh, Donald Sterling and his racist behavior as the Clippers owner? And he says, well, I, I think he should uh, go on to Thrive15.com and watch our leadership courses. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was like ready he for knew. it. Yeah. But yeah. if you're not, if you're watching media and you're not aware of the culture, their whole culture is to create some kind of controversy and to steer the narrative and to use you as a pawn in their little narrative. They're just they're looking for a for human uh, fodder. It's called what do they say it engage to enrage. Yeah, engage yes. you to enrage. Yeah. It. So, mm-hmm. so that looks like you could have come out of a time machine from 2023 and filmed that. I mean, yeah. that, aged, that aged really, really well because they were talking about the business is going to open in, in, in May. So this is mm-hmm. April of 2020. Mm-hmm. A lot of people at that point are still, they're watching the news. They're spraying bleach on their boxes when they show up on the porch and stuff like that. But I want to catch a word that she said. She she kept coming back to cases. You were talking about deaths. Mm-hmm. Right. And that sort of became a theme throughout this whole process where it became kind of a case-demic and they mm-hmm. they they created a mindset that being diagnosed with covid meant hospitalization high chance of death and to not agree with that was selfish well i i again i just go back to this because i've been spending 4 hours on the phone with legal calls today but i just, this is important <laughs> if you're a business owner you have to make decisions based upon facts you mm-hmm. gather the facts and then you act but if you make decisions based upon feelings, you do dumb stuff. Yeah. And so I've been self-employed since I was 15 years old. I've fired probably a thousand people at this point. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. frankly care about the emotions of others at all. I only go off of facts. And so, you know, if you have an employee and you own a business and they're late and they have a great story that goes as to justify why they're late, um, that, that you can you can accept that as an employer. You can deal with that. But then if you do it every day, you eventually have a culture where everyone's late. Right. Now, if you want to have a culture where everyone's on time, then you have to say whatever the dis- excuses are, yeah. mm-hmm. we're not going to go based off of emotions. And if you're a referee, if you aspire to be a referee, I don't know why you would want to do that to yourself. <laughs> but if you do, you can't go off the emotions. Just the other day, I went to watch my son's uh, – he goes to Metro Christian, and I went to watch – he doesn't play on the team, but he likes to watch the team. So I went to go watch his high school team, basketball team play. And I sat on the other team's side. Okay. Just to, I like to do that. And the other team was like, <laughs> referee, up. boo, are you kidding me? And then on the second half, I sat on our side. And our our team, our, our fans were booing the ref. Ref, are you crazy? 
crazy. Because yeah. people come at it from an emotional bias that they want their team to yeah. win. But if you look at it objectively, I don't have any kids that are playing in the game. I'm going, here's a guy making, what, 15, 16 hours getting berated by <laughs> yeah. adults. Him his eyesight insulted. <laughs> no, oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. No, it is. That's what it is. And I yeah. said, so what's happening is our culture has now learned that emotion is the ultimate authority. That's what they believe in secular humanism. And so emotional arguments work, and that's what Rules for Radicals taught people. And that's what that all was. That's, oh, that was the departure from the gold standard. Before, yeah. our money was backed by gold. Mm-hmm. Now it's an emotional argument. You said, if if I were governor, and by the way, I, uh, this would be wild. But if I was governor of Oklahoma, and you said, step one, you got elected, what would you do? I would immediately balance the budget and fire everybody en route to doing it. Like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Balance yeah. the budget, and everybody who's in the way of it, I'd fire them because, and it would bother people, but the budget has to be balanced. It's right. not mean. Right. So if anybody's right. on the budget who exceeds the budget, they have to go. Yeah. And it's not mean. Just like the restaurant owner in your local community, he can't operate at a deficit. Our state can't either. Mm-hmm. But people think it's mean to balance the budget. People think it's mean they, they to would, point they would out They attack facts. your intentions, and they would, they would call you calloused and heartless. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so here you are. It's like would be nobody's dying from this virus that's yeah. less deadly than the flu. The models are false. The PCR tests are false. But, Clay, some people are all dying from the – we need to trust the experts. What? Why do people listen to these people? We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. We will shut you down, we will cite you, and if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem sacred. And it's not going to happen. This is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. reawakened the American heart. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.